0: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. I've just been sitting there in the corner clutching my little anxiety blanket. This is M. Salation.
1: I'm Michael, I'm from the suburbs. I can't play sport. And would anyone like to watch Aladdin on VHS?
0: <laughs> Could I have birthed them? No? Feel free to perv.
1: I mean, your jeans are very strong. And <laughs> very <cute>. strong. <laughs> I
0: can't believe my jeans aren't in there going Scott! Yeah.
1: You're in M. Salation.
2: Am
0: I putting a googie egg at my juts? <laughs> Hello, darlings. Happy Thursday morning. Uh, I'm sitting upstairs looking out at the rain in Melbourne yet again. I know it's winter, but oh, God. I need to be able to go to the park. Do you ever think that you'd ever hear me say that? Because I have publicly stated my hatred of parks many times because sometimes when you're a mother with a small child, your only outing is to the park. And I don't want to do a pretend cafe and I don't want to eat bark as though it's a cupcake because it's not a cupcake, guys. And when your kid goes down the slide and they look at you like, oh, give me a pony. And I'm like, that's gravity. That, that's not a special thing. Well, now I long for the park. I long for it. But look, well, I am allowed to go again. You know, things are, are loosening, especially while I'm in Melbourne and uh, I love the Dan Andrews. I'm kind of proud of Dan Andrews. He's he's our, our premier and um, – he reminds me of my year 10 science teacher. He's kind of like the dad, you know, the one that runs the scouts. He, he reminds me of that kind of man. And he, he's got some power which and he's using it. And I love that even though ScoMo said, oh, you know, what was going to happen on Friday, Dan Andrews is like, I will not be rushed. I will wait until Monday. So obviously we're allowed to have five people. Five extra people come to our house. And I just want to state straight off the bat, I would never have five people over at my house, even pre-pandemic. There's just no way. Think of the washing up. That's what I think about now when I think, oh, I've got people coming over. Oh, the washing up's going to be hell. That's what I think about. Oh, God, I'm so old. But last night, Marcella, my 18-year-old daughter, came to me and asked something truly horrifying. She asked if I minded if she went to her friend's house. Oh. <gasps> I mean, can you believe it, you guys? What is the world coming to? I felt like she'd asked me if I minded if she joined an outlaw bikie gang. I did manage to kind of <clears throat> keep my composure and I and I did the whole, well, Marcella, what do you feel is the right thing to do routine? You know, that, hoping that she'll come to her senses. And she said to me, oh, it's fine. Jim's making margaritas and we're going to sit by the fire pit. Oh, he? is Jim making margaritas? How dare my friend's lovely father, who's probably my favourite parent, lure my adult child to his house to hang out with his daughters, to have fun times and delicious salty cocktails. I mean, I can't compete with delicious margaritas in a fire pit. So I pulled my doodah up to my chin and I said, okay, well, if you feel it's okay, I won't stop you. Like I may as well have said the next line. Well, if I die while you're away, you know, don't feel guilty. That's what my nonna used to say to my dad when he'd leave the house. Classic Italian guilt. So she still went. And I realised I have a slight issue with rejoining the world and I don't know if you're feeling the same way, but I'm quite happy to maintain isolation until Dan Andrews looks me in the eye and says, we are 100% clear to go, guys. You can lick your neighbour and you will not get sick. I don't want to rejoin the real world and I don't want my kids heading back out. We've heard that my younger daughter will be able to go back to school in a month. Imagine Mixing with all those other people, not uh, under my watchful eye. I'm terrified. Even just, I I made an appointment to go to the hairdressers and I'm thinking about wearing a hazmat suit with the head cut off. I really am having problems with re-entering the world because I've gotten so used to what's happening now. But my daughters are just so ready to head back out there and live life as though nothing's happened. How very dear, hey. But I guess that's on them, isn't it? I'm going to have to try. The hairdressers is exciting though. I have three different colours going on and two grey hairs. I have two grey hairs. How dare they show up? You should have seen me when I saw them. I'm really lucky because both my parents don't have much grey and they're in their 60s. So I've been really clinging to that for a long time. <laughs> I'll let you know how I go rejoining the world next week. I'll let you know. Marcella's still at her friend's house. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. They're probably having fun. How dare they? But uh, look, if you're feeling as I am, don't worry. It's normal. I think it's normal. I mean, if I'm feeling it, I assume it's normal. <laughs> Which probably means it isn't. But baby steps, gently does it. Don't feel the need that you have to go and have a, you know, be with everyone at once. Maybe just start with one person. Michael Lucas is going to come to my house and we're going to do a theme dinner party to just reintroduce ourselves to being in the same physical space as each other. Just something low key like that's fantastic, you know? Guys, speaking of Michael Lucas, He did receive some very interesting DMs from a lot of Offspring fans and we felt it was probably time we discussed that. A lot of you were very upset with him for killing off Dr. Patrick. I felt if he let you know the reason, you may forgive him, but it turns out, no, a lot of you have vengeful hearts and I'm here for it. So we're going to be talking about that with Michael. And you've got a real treat today. uh, My friend Janelle Koenig, who is an amazing stand-up comic. She's from Perth. She also has directed My Last four or five stand-up shows and she also co-writes and directs Joel Creasy. So she's bloody talented. She's hilarious. She writes scripts for Eurovision and she's just amazing and she needs to have more fans. So she's going to let us know about her first visit to Kmart. You're going to love it. And also Scotty is back today to help a lady – who has gone back to studying and finding it hard to focus. And I really identified with the finding it hard to focus bit. So I think you're going to enjoy today's bumper edition of m Thank you so much for being here. I'm loving all your messages. I'm loving all the tags showing me where you're listening to it. Don't forget to tag me at m and show me where you're listening to the podcast. I love that. Is it on your walk? Is it in the car hiding from your family? Let me know. We should probably get going. We should bring in the serial killer himself, Michael Lucas.
1: m Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is Emsolation.
0: Well, let's bring him in now. TV serial killer, Michael John Lucas. <laughs> I'm trying to hose down that nickname. You even have a serial killer name, Michael John Lucas. You sound like a killer. I think
1: I live in a serial killer house as well. There's a lot of glass <laughs> and a lot of chrome in my house. It just
0: feels, it's got that vibe. No, nah, you're just gay. I'm thinking of John Wayne Bobbitt, but is he the one who had his penis cut off? Not a serial killer. Did he have his penis cut off, John Wayne Bobbitt?
1: Uh, yeah, there was a Bobbitt that did, I think John Wayne, John Wayne Garcy or something. No, I don't know. I don't know.
0: I think Lorraine Bobbitt was the penis cutter offerer.
1: God, that made an impact on us when that, <laughs> that landed, when we were like 12 or whatever it was.
0: Was that, oh, I still, I reckon I referred to that story once a week. I'm not even exaggerating.
1: Really looms in the imagination. Also just incredible that it was chucked out of a moving car, was found on the side of the road. They sewed it on. It worked. He became a porn star. (laughs) What a triumph.
0: (laughs) I mean, he was a horrible man. You know why she – okay, here it is. John Wayne Bobbitt and Lorena Bobbitt. So, yes, I was correct. He's not a serial killer. Um, He was sans penis for a time. In 1993, so we were around 13, um, after years of – I mean, he did horrible things to her. He raped her and beat her.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Lorena had enough, cut off his penis with a knife while he was in bed and he got acquitted, of course. But, yes, he has a porn career. Oh, my God. And he does.
1: <laughs> Imagine being the person that found it by the side of the road as well. I think good going by them to recognise what it was and to put it on ice.
0: And, but not only that, yeah, to put it on ice. Because if I saw a, a stray penis on the side of the road... I don't know that I'd want to pick it up. No. Like, I would feel like, okay, that's been cut off for a reason. He probably doesn't need it. Let sleeping dogs lie. Let cut off penises lie. <laughs> that's the
1: kind of justice you deliver. And on your walk with your four dogs. <laughs>
0: Three. <laughs> Sorry. And I, to be honest, if I was on that, God, Lola, she's a Labrador. She eats everything. If had to look like a delicious <laughs> sausage to her. Wouldn't even make it to ice. Be in her stomach. Oh, God. Would you reattach it then after it had gone through? No, you would not. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, um, we are speaking about the fact that last week you we, we finally discussed, and as I said, the number one thing where people find out Michael Lucas is my best mate and that he was one of the head writers on Offspring and was involved in the episode in which beloved character Dr. Patrick was killed. Um, they said to me, why? Is he a horrible person? Did he have a bad childhood? All the listeners of Insolation, some felt that they got some closure as to why you killed off Dr. Patrick and others – Talk to your DMs.
1: Referring Mm. to me as serial killer. Sunny and fine design, that's her tag name. Call me serial killer. Were you involved in Love My Way? And answer (laughs) no, innocent.
0: (laughs) Innocent. No, but you let me watch Love My Way without any warning.
1: I did actually, I was an intern in that office, uh, but I had nothing to do with this. I did once (laughs) hand some photocopying to
0: Claudia Carbon, But I had nothing, nothing to do with the death of that child. There's a death of a child with no warning. And I was going through a se- one of the separations I had with Scott and I was turning exclusively to Twilight at the time for some safety. And he's like, no, you should watch Love My Way. And then, oh, my God, that death, it was so traumatic. And I rang you and I said, what are you thinking? So really you probably were involved with that now I think about it.
1: <laughs> Just involved in spreading the trauma. <laughs> I got, uh, I got you should hear what Wentworth fans say about you thanks lady five
0: now let's talk about Wentworth
1: I did after I finished off spring wanted to change wanted a fresh slate went to work on Wentworth day one sit down going what are we doing this season they said well we're going to kill the main character. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I can't do it. But it was a decision made before I got there. Although I was involved in the plotting of it, no, I wasn't involved in the initial idea, I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> Not that I think it was a bad idea. I think that show, I think it was a gripping storyline and I supported it 100%, but it did not come in any way. From my brain.
0: Oh, my God. I just – when someone contacted me, like, did he, was, didn't did he run a web list as well? I was like, oh, my goodness, he did.
1: I know. I know. I, that's and bad. And then I asked you – <laughs> but I think my two favourite ones Cinnamon yes. I don't know how to say her last name S- Such a She's written Climate change isn't the only thing the next generation will inherit Hashtag Patrick intergenerational trauma Oh my god I mean I don't know if you're familiar And then also hashtag Worse than Hillary dying in beaches And then also hashtag <gasps> And I really like this one Blood on your jazz hands I think <laughs> she knows me I don't know who she is And I'm not sure about comparing (laughs) Patrick's television death to the concept of intergenerational trauma. But overall, thank you. I respect that tweet. And the most offensive tweet.
0: (laughs) I respect that so much. I just.
1: This one hurt. Shailene89, who said, but why was it so random? Didn't hit his head that hard. It was just as annoying as Jack not getting on the bit of wood in Titanic. (gasps) That hurt. That hurt. Oh. I can handle people accusing me of calling them trauma, but that was that was criticising the plot.
0: <laughs> I won't have it. How dare you criticise my written word? <laughs> wow. Well, you know, do you want to, do you feel like you need to maybe apologise? Do you feel like you need to purge? Like is there anything you no. want to say to our <laughs> listeners?
1: <laughs> I just want to say that I am most of the time a loving, affectionate writer. Generally mm. I just write frazzled ladies considering what to do with their lives and often in nice clothes and then every once in a while someone dies.
0: I wonder what your inspiration is for frazzled ladies wanting, wondering what to do in their lives with nice clothes. I just don't
1: Yeah, I get a know. heap of inspiration on the Dreg on the daily.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, now that you say that that's who you write, far out. You really owe me a lot of money.
1: As you know, from as our, the listeners would know, we were raised on 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 things like steel magnolias and beaches, mm. so we, you know, the kind of things we grew up with is sassy ladies, hilarious wisecracks, and then mm. absolute rip your heart out, and then have a nice ballad. That's mm. that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of entertainment we were born and bred to enjoy, and that, yeah. that's what I'm putting out there in the
0: world. So you've got to have the heart rip-out moment. Shelby's got to die. Oh, my God. Don't even bring that up. I can't this morning. I haven't done enough sleep. Well, the thing that kept getting brought up was it was akin to Molly's death on a country practice where she mm. lay out in that field as Brendan and their daughter flew kites. and It was brilliant right. camera work. As she shut her eyes slowly, the camera would get fuzzy and shut as well as though we were Molly in that situation. And that, I remember as I was a little kid when Molly died and that really hit me hard. Yeah. Oh, it hit the whole nation hard. Oh, my gosh. echoes today. Intergenerational trauma. (laughs) Anyway. Speaking of intergenerational trauma, um, got some bad news. Um, It's normally around this time that Queen Elizabeth returns to Buckingham Palace to prepare for her summer engagements, you know. She spends the winter at Windsor and autumn and then she goes back to Buckingham Palace to do all the little things that happen. you know, around that time. And um, she's not doing it. 68 years is our reigning monarch. She's stepped back from yeah. official duties. Yes, I'm a monarchist. Fight me. <gasps> Everyone, fight oh, me. Oh, I will. M
1: has landed upon, I think in every friendship, there has to be one irreconcilable topic that can ruin a dinner party. And <laughs> M's unswerving commitment to yeah. the monarchy truly... Yeah. Blows my mind. She's a very mm. modern woman. She's a feminist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's progressive. And yet mm-hmm. you bring up the monarchy and she is basically Tony Abbott.
0: Oh how <laughs> dare you I am not Tony Abbott. I'm just someone. Very who has aligned the with him of- on this matter. <laughs> I just have the the prince and Posh Spice. So really, come on. The Posh Spice is a monarchist. I just have the Charles oh. and Di um, wedding commemorative plate on my buffet. It's the first thing you see up you walk up my, my house. That's totally reasonable. I
1: wouldn't mind it if it was ironic, if it, it was sort of a sassy, ironic thing, but you know what? She'll, she'll sort of like joke about it like it is, but it's not. She's serious <laughs> about it. She is really
0: serious. Oh, I just think she has been through so much in her 68 years. I respect her immensely, mainly just for putting up with her children and Philip. God, I mean, imagine living with Philip all this time. Jeez Louise. I mean, if I learn anything from the documentary, The Crown, he has (coughs) not been an easy man to be married to. (laughs) No, but he did
1: have a very good bottom when he was younger,
0: according to The Crown. (laughs) Well, the documentary, <laughs> The Crown, please refer to it as a I don't have title. anything
1: against her as a person. I mean, it's a, she seems like a perfectly decent lady who keeps it together and, yes, endures a lot and I don't think it sounds like a fun life, but I don't want her to be our head of state.
0: It's crazy. It's She's crazy. not head, the of head, state. head of state. Still, she She's is, ceremonial. It's ceremonial. She still has constitutional power. No, she oh. doesn't really. I mean, people have to check with her. But she doesn't really have the final say, and she knows it. What happens when it just doesn't become her?
1: It could have been Andrew.
0: What happens if it's swapped to him? Would you turf them then? It would never be Andrew. And don't bring up the one bad egg. Okay, one of a few bad (laughs) eggs. But would you besmirch an institution that bought us Fergie? I mean, would you? Where would we have been without her? Where would we be now without her? But what I do want to say is, look, they're very important to me because they were very important to my grandmother, Denise, who... I loved dearly and she indoctrinated me into the royal family and I became obsessed with the weddings. And she's the one who left me the plate. And so and she also looked like she used to get her head on. She took photos from the Women's Weekly she cut out to the hairdressers to get her head on like the Queen. She looked a oh. lot like the Queen. And I think for me, there's that really lovely nostalgic tie to, tie to the royal family. But also They're a kind of faith for people. They're like a religion. There's something to believe in. And I don't have a problem with that in these times. And what do you want, Michael? You want the national identity of England to be linked to Boris, do you? You think Boris needs to be the (laughs)
1: face of the UK. Is that what you want? I... I recognise that democracy has not been leading to the best leaders in some parts of the world of late. I mean, you might get your Jacinda Ardern somewhere, but then you get your Trumps and your Borises other places. But overall, I still think that the whole notion of a head of state coming from a bloodline should have been left in the 1600s. Other European countries have turfed them, and that was one of the weird things about the documentary The Crown, seeing all those points in history where it looked like they might go, but no. They're still here. And not just in the UK, in Australia. Yes, good.
0: What? They should be. They should always be. I'm
1: not saying behead them. I'm not saying, like, dispense with bomb all the buildings or anything like that. Obviously, it's always a part of the history. I just think get them out of the Constitution. It's crazy.
0: No, it's not crazy. It makes perfect sense. I mean, let's, let's just listen to this. Let's just listen to this beautiful sentiment that Liz, a couple of weeks ago, she gave a little speech about COVID-19. Have a listen.
3: We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. But for now, I send my
0: thanks and warmest good wishes to you all. She has this settling effect. And you know what, Michael? She pays taxes now. She's on the socials. She rolls with the Times. (laughs) Remember she did that joke on the Obamas with Harry? Like, she's she's cool, man. And I just think in these times, someone like the Queen is more more relevant and important than ever. And I'm sorry, you still have not launched one compelling argument that I'm <sighs> willing to accept about why we need to get rid of the monarchy. So,
1: well, don't you want your so your daughters? Wouldn't you like? I them don't. To have the you, this capacity? is such
0: a low blow. Mm-hmm.
1: Why? This is the reality of them. You can still enjoy it. She can still be. She doesn't put out much content, let's face it. When you said this is the speech she did a couple of weeks ago, I mean, a very, very little goes a very, very long way when it comes to the Queen. And I agree yes. it was a good speech. And it was a bit disturbing mm-hmm. that I felt much more comfortable watching her speak than I do when Joe Biden speaks or when any of our exactly. current elected <laughs> leaders speak. Except for Jacinda. She's good. Thank you. I'm happy for her, obviously, to exist as a person with a grand heritage and everything like that, but I I, I can't believe that you wouldn't be a Republican. I really can't.
0: No, I'm not. Wait, you were going to throw my daughters into the mix to try and sway me. I'm interested to hear your argument.
1: No, I wasn't going to say what does it do for your daughters to see you, you know, um, obsessing over this woman who all of her achievements come from the family she was born into, let's face it.
0: That is not true. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, she didn't even want the crown. It weighed heavy on her head. Well, but she didn't earn her position. Neither did Scott Morrison, and here we are.
1: Mm, zing. Well, Can't I- mean- you there, can be there, Kenya. Not elected. <laughs> Not elected? What do you mean? Scott Morrison well, was he just- elected, unfortunately.
0: I thought he just yes. stepped in when Malcolm got turfed.
1: No, and then we had an election. And and we Dutton. all voted for him because we were suss on Shorten. There is something a bit off about the fact that basically all our prime ministers do come from pretty much the same private schools and their dads were all friends. Sure, that's strange. Not Gillard, thank God, but the other ones. (laughs) Look, I realise it's hard to mount a defence of modern democracy and the leaders support us, but I Mm -hmm. would say Mm -hmm. I would like Cella to have the opportunity to one day be our head of state But. She can't because she wasn't born into this one family. Yes, she can be our prime a prime minister. This a terrible sure. argument.
0: Why? Terrible argument because you get people like Silvio Berlusconi who replaced, you know, who there, there was an Italian monarchy and then the, Italy decided they needed a government and then you end up with someone like Silvio Berlusconi and the Bunga Bunga Party. It's like, oh, thank God. Can you imagine the Queen ever having a Bunga Bunga Party? At no, least I the know, world's I mean, going to behave.
1: I, look, I totally concur. She has run a tight ship personally. The extended family, mm. no way. She's kept the monarchy going for <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Far, 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 far longer than anyone could have expected. But I'm not putting the moz on her, but she's probably not going to be around for decades to come. And when that happens, I sincerely hope that you move away and just enjoy your plate.
0: Nope. We'll agree to agree that the monarchy are amazing and when William and Kate step in, it's oh. the twenty first century royals. We all need that end. Thank you very much. I oh, know.
1: I'm not even I'm not even imagining you anymore. I'm just imagining you know what I'm saying? I'm saying budgie smugglers
0: and you're eating an onion. That's what I'm saying as you say this. Get off, get out. Go to your stupid... You're probably planning to kill someone on five bedrooms, aren't you? Off you go. Well, go have your little me. I am in a mood now. Maybe. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> someone ring catched you in water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if anyone All wants right. to hear about my new project, The Decapitated Queen... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I want nothing but good health for her. I do. Oh, no. It's going we to be will. like I revealed myself. I have it. Uh, I respect her.
0: No. Anyway. We will be saving this bit of audio. <laughs> and if... If... Queen Elizabeth happens to pass away if oh. I will be bringing this up. <laughs> all right, you better go. Thank you so much. And um, that's at Mr Michael Lucas <laughs> if you wish to have any thoughts about the monarchy or about him killing everyone in television, whatever. I mean, I'm pretty sure he probably was on the writing team at a country practice, that's all I'm saying. And we'll chat to you on Tuesday, darling.
2: Oh, I can't wait. This is Emsolation.
0: All right, my... Husband now joins me. I wish you could have seen the visual. He came up the stairs in pyjama pants and no top, which is confusing to me because I did hear him riding on his little road bike in his little man cave. Um, so do you, were you training your pyjamas? No, I was I was in
2: cycling gear and then I just quickly put these back on because they get dirty and they're going to get washed. So I just whacked them on. I haven't had a shower.
0: Were you hoping to get a secret session in without me knowing?
2: No, I got a secret session in with you knowing. I got what I, I got. It, I got exactly what I wanted.
0: All right, let's get on with it. When we got this message, um, you love helping people aspire in their careers. That's probably your sweet spot. You enjoy helping people better themselves with regards to not so much personal stuff. You do prefer to go down the professional route, don't you? Like the performing, the real performing in life.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I like I do like helping lots of different type of people, but I do like uh, when people are really keen for sharp, pointed
0: results. And Scotty does work with a lot of women you know so that's that's good that's good that you're doing that you're applying this to i think the gender that probably needs it more i don't think a lot of men need encouraging to go for what they want i feel like it's a women thing to maybe hesitate and today we hear from linda let's have a listen to linda m scotty
3: hi my name's linda i'm from Marubra. i celebrated my 30th anniversary of my 21st last week I've decided to go back to tertiary education um, during isolation and have started my MBA last week. I haven't studied since the 90s and I'm finding dusting off the old brain is harder than I thought it would be. And if you've got any tips on how to actually stop distracting myself, um, that would be awesome and just focus on the task at hand. Thanks.
0: Bye. What are you going to do to help Linda, help her focus? I really respect that. I respect that she's gone back to study.
3: I've done it myself. It does
2: take a bit of doing. And um, one thing's for sure, one way or another, you will earn that qualification, Linda. Staying focused, not being distracted is a huge life skill. It takes all sorts of qualities, awareness and organisation and strategy and commitment but it's worth it because that's where our best performances lie when we're focused. And it's also um, when it, where our bit most satisfying experiences happen. You might think, okay, what about pre? Were, are there any previous times where I've been really focused? And what were the elements there? But then quite quickly, when you think about that, the oppositional thought can come up where it's like, oh, but I really wanted to do that or I enjoyed that part of it. No, there's still elements in it that will apply to this current situation. So it might take some doing. And then I guess it's being focused in it being in the zone where you lose track of time and you're really sort of paying attention to everything and you're very curious and interested in what you're doing. So in your case, interested in what you're learning about, choosing to be interested in what you're learning about and also the process of going through that.
0: Can I just drill down on that because – I'm I know when I'm really focused is when I'm doing something probably around the ha- like interior design like I really love doing interior design or when I'm on stage when I'm singing I'm really focused. So I find that easy to be attentive to. But you I don't understand how I could then apply that to something that I'm not as into. But how how do I how do I take the mindset of on stage singing in the moment to applying it to say studying which isn't always stimulating. But I guess she has chosen to go back, hasn't she?
2: That's the key, to recognise that it's your choice. And just because it's a bit awkward or hard or challenging initially doesn't mean it's not doable and doesn't mean you can't get a flow going with these uh, studies. So so there's some elements. And the other thing is, like, just this is just basic stuff, but don't underestimate what's available there at the university that can teach you some new skills because this stuff evolves all the time with the technologies and that. So that might be helpful as well. And then one more thing overall I'm just thinking is that really what you're trying to do is almost relearn a new habit. When we learn habits, actually what happens in the brain and the nervous system is that um, the, the um, insulation around the nerve nerve, neural pathways starts to get stronger and stronger. So the more times you do a good quality piece of study – it gets stronger and it lays down almost like train tracks. So let's get into it. I reckon there's um, a few other areas um, that we can look at here. External measures, internal measures, and almost like the inescapable truth in it all. So externally, these are pretty obvious things, but the question is what could I do to minimise distraction and optimise my attention? The big one that this day and age is uh, digital notifications. So they have to be off, They have to be out of your eyesight, they have to be silent, no vibrating and even you need to be away from those digital devices which are not helping you study. They'll be out of the room so you're not even looking at them. And then we're looking at what can you do with the physical environment? You know, if you've got noise next door or if you've got someone playing in the corner, that's not going to help. Uh, interruptions. What people do you need to be around or not be around? What sounds do you need to hear? Do you put headphones on? Do you need to look at something? What's a good location for you, venue? And also even food. Food. What food can you eat to keep a level of smooth attention but also – not using food as a distraction mm. like going to the fridge, mm. which is very relevant these days.
0: It is. And also we sometimes we reward ourselves. God, I've done five straight minutes then. I'm gonna go have a snack. <laughs> what a <hell> a- <laughs> <laughs> I think creating setting yourself up for success is really important because you're going into a study session and you can see that, you know, there's all crap going on around you, you you've said you, there's no way this is going to succeed but you, you go in and try anyway because you've got this sense of duty. I think that's you set bad habits about and around the study within your mind. You're like, oh, God, because every time you've tried, you've failed. So if you set yourself up in a good environment, which is can be tough, especially if you've got kids at home, um, but you kind of say, okay, guys, for the next hour you can't talk to me Um, these Here are some answers to your questions. There's some, someone else to go talk to. And you allow yourself that space. You give yourself permission. Yes. I think that's something that can really help you reframe the studying.
2: You pointed to something interesting there because there is the chance that certain elements in your environment can derail your attention and focus, but it's it's never going to be perfect. So you have to go, okay, what's good enough to be dangerous here? And once you said, all right, I've got it, I've cleaned my desk, I've got the room. I've, the kids are away, or whatever it, the factors are. I've set myself up pretty well. Then that's it. No more, no more procrastinating. No more, ah, uh, no more excuses that, oh, uh, I just need a more comfortable seat or whatever. You need to get what's a threshold level of uh, optimal environment, and then no more. You don't uh, that that doesn't come into your mind anymore. All right. And then internal measures. So these are the things like the thoughts we have, the objectives we set, the strategies we're using, mental skills, and also the commitments that you're making. So what can you do internally within you to optimise your attention? And a big one is, we talked about flow before, and that's where you really um, are deeply present and you are uh, losing track of time. Um, it, almost like um, a high quality of attention and performance and it happens with ease and it seems like it's slowing down as well. Mood is a big thing that can do that. So what's your ideal mood? Is it a really upbeat mood? Is it a solemn mood? Is it a, a very serious mood? What can you? What mood optimises your attention? And also what can you leverage to get yourself in the mood? Is it food? Is it music? I don't know. Is it a self-massage beforehand? Whatever. So that's, that's, that's a big part of it. The other thing is, obviously, um, you need to be aware of your own mind, because as you're studying, if you do get distracted, noticing it, and then just gently putting it back on the task. Okay, I'm noticing I'm thinking about that, or I'm noticing I'm walking out of the room. Oh, hang on a minute, just come back to the task. So that's like single point meditation. Your mind wanders, you just bring it back to the object. And the object here is the task of studying. You might do a mindfulness meditation before studying just to try and and get yourself in a very clear, calm, focused headspace. You can do that.
0: Yes, yes. No, that's – you know how I feel about meditation but I agree. If you can do it. Bully for you. If it works for you. Knock yourself out. Oh, my God, do it till you pass out.
2: And the importance of choosing to be interested in the subject. So if you are resisting it internally and you're just doing because you have to do it because it's a work requirement, it's going to be hard for you to stay focused. So choose to be curious and interested in it. Now, the other thing is here, sometimes distraction is a way of avoiding what we're really concerned about and fearful of. What might you be fearful of if you were going back to study?
0: Um, that you'll fail. That everyone's gonna laugh at you that, you know, it's it's not gonna you're gonna be the older person who's trying something that they shouldn't be doing, that how dare you think that you're good enough to do this. It's the it's the ultimate shame spiral of if I try, what if I fail and how will people react to me failing and how will I feel about myself? So I think and I'm a big I do that too, the self sabotaging. So it sounds like Linda's sabotaging herself before she even gives herself a chance to succeed. We don't know that for sure. Yeah, but, I mean, could be. I feel like I've heard it in their voice. I'm confident. <laughs> now, I'm joking, Linda. All right, so wrap it up. Summarise. Give me a nice little bite-sized morsel to put in my bloody pocket.
2: I can't do that yet. a couple of more little things.
0: Oh, God. He's Is that okay? Over, guys, he's taking over the podcast. It's going to be Scott and friends soon, yeah? okay. go.
2: <laughs> With your studying, obviously, set yourself little goals. I want to cover this amount of work in this amount of time frame. Put always time bound it. Don't make it open. Always put a time frame on that. That allow you to know that there's an end, and it also focus your efforts. Um, if you're in flow, go. If it's a bit of a grind, take strategic breaks and reset. And what you're doing then is just training your attention, and you'll be able to train your attention to stay engaged for longer and longer over time. One last thing, I'm just wondering if there's an in inescapable truth here. Like when it comes down to it, Linda, do you already know? what the real solution is for you? Could it be that you already know? If so, if you do know ultimately what it's going to take, what could you do to make it easier for you to honour that truth, honour that that solution? Because sometimes the solution is I've just got to do it. And then you go, okay, well, what's going to help me just do it? What factors? Which is a bit of what we've talked about today. Okay. So often, So often we know exactly what we need to do. We're just not – uh, ready, or we haven't sort of taken steps to move into that solution. All right, so that's all from me.
0: No, I want you to do the headlines. So Linda's going to say, "All right, or anyone, I've got a task I've got to do, and I've been putting it off. Go. All
2: right, your external measures, your external environment, mm-hmm. your internal measures, mm-hmm. using your mind, while setting yourself up, focusing ob- objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, don't deny that there could be a deep, true solution for yourself." Mm-hmm. And recognise you're going to earn this and it'll take a bit of effort, but it is a habit and a skill that is doable. Mm -hmm. And recognise that fear could be getting your way, Mm -hmm. flip that into why is this going to be worth it? Really, when I go through all this, why is it going to be worth it? Mm
0: -hmm. Is that all? Is that that what we're taking away? That's good. But I also think those words can be applied to not studying just anything in life that you're avoiding. Thanks, Coach Scott. Uh, If you want to reach Coach Scott, it's at Scott Barrow Coach. As he says. You always go oh, comment on his voice. All right, thanks, Scotty. Um, maybe go put some undies on or maybe don't.
2: <laughs> the other day you were frazzled. Today you're just loose.
0: <laughs> what do you prefer? Bit of both. <laughs> All right, thanks, Scotty B. It's time now for my wonderful friend Janelle to finally... Have her say on this podcast. Gosh, she's so amazing. You're going to love her. She's a great stand-up comic from Perth. She's a mother to two. She's an amazing chef.
3: And uh, she's going to tell you about her first visit back to Kmart. Hi, I'm Salators. M's friend Janelle here. Now, as a rule, I'm a person who doesn't queue. I don't like to queue. And mostly, I won't queue. I mean, I have queued. I remember I queued in 1992 when I waited... Overnight in the Bourke Street Mall camping out to get cure tickets. You had to wait back then for the shop to open so that you could buy your tickets in a line because there was no such thing as online back then. The only times you ever heard the word online was as the answer to the question, Mum, where's me sweat hog jumper? I remember waiting outside in the Bourke Street Mall in the freezing cold with the whole of the goth community of Melbourne and the homeless community of Melbourne. And to be honest, it was hard to tell the difference. I will also queue to meet a celebrity chef, because I'm not really a foodie, but I am an 80. And I love those food fairs where you get to buy the recipe book and then go and meet the celebrity chef. I love that. One time I met Manu Fidel, and they give you these post-it notes where you're supposed to write your name on the post-it, so that there's not that weird exchange and waste of time where the celebrity chef is saying, what's your name, and you've got to spell it, and it's blah, blah, blah. You just write it down in the Post-it. But So on my Post-it, I wrote, to Janelle, merci for last night, Manu. And he wrote it. I love that. I will also queue for a school assembly, especially if my kid is the one getting the merit certificate, because I think it's very important to have... Really terrible footage from the front of the parent seating section that goes for 20 minutes with horrible video, terrible audio of your kid standing in front of the school, mostly with an A4 sheet of paper across their face because they're too embarrassed standing there. It's important to have that footage and never, ever look at it on your phone again, but also never delete it because you feel too guilty and like you're a bad mum. But last week... I queued and I was happy to queue because for the first time in over three months, I went to Kmart. Now, you can probably hear the emotion in my voice. It was pretty exciting. I put on an outfit to go to Kmart. I put on a full face of makeup. I'm talking cut crease, a full face of makeup. I, I, I waved my hair. I put waves in my hair and It's insane because at my local Kmart, I'm telling you this right now, if you wear shoes, they think you're Victoria Beckham. But it was worth it. And I stood in that queue for longer than I have stood in the entirety of the isolation lockdown, I reckon. And I stood there and I waited because I knew I'd be able to go in there with no plan whatsoever and come out Having spent 150 bucks with a trolley full of Kmarty goodness, possibly including the new Kmart sausage roll maker. They didn't have it, but I have ordered it. See you guys.
0: <laughs> I love her so much. It's so true about Kmart, isn't it? You wander in there with the intent of just buying a sock or some, you know, some hair ties for the kids and you walk out with $500 worth of homewares you don't need. It's amazing. It's like a casino. There's no clocks. There's no natural daylight. God, I love Kmart. Well, if you want to follow Janelle, you should. She's at Janelle Koenig, J-A-N-E-L-L-E-K-O-E-N-I-G. And if you're in Perth, go check out her live shows when they're eventually allowed to happen again. She's wonderful. All right, guys, well, that's it from us this week. Thank you so much for joining me. You know, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I get to make this ridiculous thing. We'll hear from you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your five people over or whatever's allowed in your state. You know, but don't go wild. Don't be crazy. Just reintroduce slowly. I'll chat to you guys Tuesday.